What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap. This is February 12th. This is the Wednesday Night War podcast on Fightful.com. We give you podcasts after Raw, after SmackDown, and after NXT and AEW, but we have one this Sunday after NXT TakeOver Portland. But hey, if you're in the Cincinnati area, I'll be on ESPN 1530 previewing that show. I was on Living the Gimmick with John Alba this week as well, making the media round, so to speak. But I'm still here with these guys. I'm still here with them. You'll never leave us. Alex Pawlowski, who gave you a fashionably late sour graps on Fightful Select. Uh, please subscribe to that, guys, because people on Reddit like to post our shit as soon as it goes up and not link us. So um, definitely support us directly on FightfulSelect.com. That wasn't me being passive-aggressive at all. I am super <laughs> grateful for the coverage <laughs> Uh, Alex, how you doing? Uh, uh, good. Uh, programming note, uh, uh, Sour Graps uh, for SmackDown will also be fashionably late because I'm taking uh, my two favorite girls to see Disney on Ice on Valentine's Day. The Me Bellas? and the my Bella wife. Twins? Yes, them. Oh. Uh, them and also, well, that, those two are my favorite, two favorite. My, sec, my third and fourth favorite are my wife and my daughter, and I'm taking oh, them to see uh, uh, Disney on Ice on Valentine's night, so... I am also, Saturday will be uh, Sour Graps. I am also joined by Mr. Warren Hayes. Warren, uh, you do not do anything for Fightful Select anymore, in fact. You have been called up to the main roster mm-hmm. for Fridays, which mm-hmm. I think is poetic because Alex kind of hates the main roster anyway and was perpetually unhappy there. So we, we, sent him, we sent him down to the premium service, and he's just enjoying life. Yeah. He doesn't have to travel as much. It's it's quite nice. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I got to uh, I got to cover the uh the uh honeymoon year of NXT UK while I was down there and now now I'm up here and I'm you know, uh, covering SmackDown and I kind of feel what Alex feels sometimes to yeah. be perfectly honest. I got to tell you one thing, it's Denise who has the sweet gig right now covering Raw every week. Good on her. She got a hard hat given to her by WWE. <laughs> I know. That, now, that's, this was something that was broached on List and Ya, or The List Goes On, which is our uh, companion show to The List and Ya Boy. So we do a post show on FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe now. And Jimmy was like, did they just get those to media? Like, yeah, and I think they were given to – but I'm, my thing is when I saw that, I'm like, I would have told them to get fucked. No, p- pardon my language. I would the wrestlers weren't wearing that. It wasn't mandatory, obviously. They just wanted to dress up the media mm-hmm. to wear their little hard hats. And I got to tell you, no disrespect to anybody that was there, Denise Salcedo's the only one that can pull that off. <laughs> little Denise Salcedo running around like five foot one with a hard hat is wonderful. I at first I was like, did she bring that herself? Because that's genius. But she pulls it off. Nobody else does. Check out InstinctCulture.com. Quick plug for Denise. AEW, NXT, one word. Who won, Alex? AEW. Holy shizballs! Are we going unanimous for the first time? They Seems like... The ed- they sent you the edible arrangements, didn't they? They're great, they? Aren't did. They did. No, I'm, I'm, I am co-opted entirely. Just for this week, though. Man. Yeah, AEW, AEW. Um, I yeah. think AEW won too. I thought in a landslide, and I'm not saying that, a- that NXT was a bad show. I just think that AEW won, and I thought they won pretty handedly. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Warren, were you covering that one? Yep. This was a packed show, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, I think with a wrestling show, if I were formatting it, I'd treat it a little bit like a, like a sandwich. You have something on the ends, and then you have something really substantial in the middle. It did that tonight, Warren. Yep. Yep. I, you know, I thought the uh, we had some uh, good storytelling in the opening and ending segments of the show. But my God, the filling was great. There was really some great stuff. And we're going to get into it. Some stuff that I was not expecting to be good ended up being fantastic. I don't mind eating my hat in these circumstances. I like being wrong when I'm pleasantly surprised. And I was wrong on a couple of things tonight. Kudos to everyone involved. Let's talk about it, John. What was your favorite thing that happened on this show, Warren? My favorite thing that happened on the show? Uh, Britt Baker. God, it was good, wasn't it? <laughs> Britt Baker is so, so good. Look, I, you know, you don't want to be too disingenuous and say, well, you know, she's probably asking her boyfriend for some tips at home. Yeah, who cares? But, but I, there's something clicking here. There is something that is just out of this world the the heel turn was so perfect perfect ever since she started cutting her promos on the jericho cruise they've just been getting sharper and better and, and and just more compelling week after week they're not just staying at the same level they're they're improving she was so fantastic tonight super disingenuous let's give it up for tony he's trying real hard and he's killing it i'm like (laughs) god my she was fantastic like the heel turn looks really really good on her now what i like uh, you know and i've talked about this before what i like in in her as far as her in-ring uh work is going to go she she you know We've talked about how she still has some some you know some work to do uh, mm-hmm. as as far as her in ring goes, but as a heel, it can mask a lot of her weaknesses because she doesn't have to be as explosive and huge and and big when it's time for the big babyface comeback. She can she can work in more grounded style, something a little more heelish, take more of her time. It she's going to rock it as a heel. Reminder, guys, donate a Super Chat any amount if you're watching live at YouTube.com slash Fightful. We will answer or read your question on the air 100% of the time. Um, you, uh, We will get to them as the segments that you address them happen because I don't want to talk about NXT stuff during AEW because some people like to avoid the spoilers. However, someone sent a Super Chat that said <laughs> Alex should have taken them to see the Sonic movie. Uh-huh. Oh, God. <laughs> You get the smart ass crowd here on Wednesdays, I see. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and I and I kinda dig that. So well, I know I Michael mean, Cole is definitely taking his wife to see uh <laughs> and Todd <laughs> Phillips. They're both they're both Tom taking Phillips. their wife. Todd, Todd Phillips. Phillips. Todd Phillips, the... Tom Phillips, they're they you both know what? suck. I would love to have seen Todd Phillips direct the Sonic movie. That would have been very <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Sonic's Son is getting really dark these days. Yeah, really dark. Here, here's yeah. here's my approach, man. Like, not, not to step too far away from wrestling. I'm pretty sure that Sonic the Hedgehog's on like meth or speed or something. He's There's definitely whole... got some kind of mental health issues. Here's the and thing: I, I like, think... we're supposed to believe that Doctor Robotnik, who looks a little bit like you, uh, Alex, is the True. bad guy. He's a doctor. 
probably trying to get Sonic off of whatever speed balls he's addicted to. Meanwhile, you got Tails up in Sonic's ear like, man, come on, man. I got you, man. I got you, man. <laughs> An enabler. An enabler. Yeah. And, and who does he? Who does Sonic have to turn to? Not Miss Pac-Man or Mr. No. Pac-Man. They're no. running around on a fruit diet swallowing pills all day. Mario? Yeah. Mar- is it going to be Mario jumping on mushrooms, hallucinating? All of a sudden he gets big? Meanwhile, Luigi's just running around trying to straighten his shit out. Video yeah. games, man, I don't appreciate them. I don't right. appreciate them. They, they've warped the youth. <sighs> well, we do have um, AEW to talk about. We we do have some professional wrestling to get into, including a tag team title match. What do you think about this? Kenny Omega and Hangman Page retain the tag titles over SCU. We see the integration of Dark Order. Uh, Christopher Daniels hits the bricks. What did you think about this, Warren? Uh, I thought it was a good piece of storytelling. I preferred Page and I, I preferred the Eight Man from last week. Personally, I uh, or, or even uh, I, I, I forget who Omega and Page faced two weeks ago. Well, was it um, um, was it Best Friends? I don't remember. But I, I, this was okay. It was fine. I thought it was a little slower pace than I expected. Uh, they built the 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 match so that Adam Page would get another hot hot tag because that's that yes that's what he does that's what he does these days and yeah they're they're really good i uh the the ending sort of had me questioning a little bit what was going on because kazarian grabbed the bottom rope but the referee still counted full three it was a little wonky i think that was the planned finish because everyone you know there wasn't any awkwardness everything just hit and but you know um it was okay. I thought it was. I, I thought it was fine. I'm not saying it was a bad match. Uh, solid was good. Not quite as good as I thought it could have been. I liked how the Dark Order was was uh, was integrated into this. I liked that Adam Page is now just he's just leaving through the audience now. He's just like, no, nah, I'm not even going back. I'm not even trying to walk back with that Omega dude. He just goes into the audience. Could he be any more of a people's champion? They're doing it so. So well for Paige. This is uh, it, it's fantastic because we've talked about it before, but it's, it deserves being underscored. This is a this is prime time rehabilitation of a character that they had that had slipped between their fingers. They had positioned him in a certain way, and it just didn't work out. So they're like, "Well, you know what? We're going to try something very, very different. We're gonna we're gonna bank on Paige's personality. They're gonna let him be." himself just like they're doing with drew mcintyre on so, raw and guess so what funny man he's so and funny. guess what it works he is so funny if you all go back and listen to the audio of i mean i don't even know if we released it of jeremy lambert's interview that he had with with hangman he's just so funny and alex i really want your, your thoughts on this since you primarily covered nxt but it's something yeah. i reported on fightfulselect.com subscribe today Tony Khan's been taking the bull by the horns a little bit more and is credited heavily based on the people that I talk to with the Hangman Page storyline. And if that's the case, uh, that's hell of, that's, that's definitely one to be credited with, Alex. That is quite the turnaround. Yeah, they're, they're, they're getting him to the place they need to be. Um, I, I do wish they weren't leaning so heavily on the alcoholism crutch. Yes. To get him there. Like there are other ways to get him there. He can be pissed. At, at his friends for not being his friends 
without also is he is he or is he not a destructive drunk? That's, like, that's the thing. I see him more as an I'm over this shit type of guy as opposed right. to fall down drunk. But but like, like you again, said, there is a question mark. There's there's a way of communicating that mm-hmm. that isn't like hey anytime he's a little pissy he chugs a beer, which is like. Okay, I mean it's it's easy to do. It's it's a it's a little lazy. You can find other ways of doing it. It certainly communicates the point. Um, and the thing I, I will say also is that the the finish really weirded me out. The whole uh, Kazarian grabbing the bottom rope after the three was a weird way of like is that's like the equivalent of the old Hulk Hogan, Hogan. got the shoulder up on on three point one. Yeah, and I'm like, is that was was is, is this a storyline? Because if it's a storyline, okay. If not, it like just looked weird. It was a weird thing to do. I, I am okay with them doing that from time to time just because it varies things up a little bit. Because sure. if everybody's flat back, whatever, I'm cool with matches ending at four, five, six minutes. Doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be the case in AEW. You got jobbers wrestling Hikaru Shida for like seven and a half hours on dark. That was ridiculous. That was really ridiculous. And I even got into an argument with someone on Twitter about it. It's like, I, she, Shida is supposed to be a star. She's supposed yeah. to be someone that, that you're – uh, uh, that you're building around, you have someone, and no disrespect to uh, to Golden, Cassandra Golden, uh, yeah. but she just appears out of nowhere. Why is she having a, 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 a 12 minute competitive match with one of your top stars? And this is one of the issues that, that AEW has, especially with its tag team division. It's like everyone has to be competitive, everyone has to look good, but there's no one who's dominant. How are you supposed to get behind then your stars if you don't know if the stars are people you want to get behind? How do you get behind stars? You get behind star. You get behind uh, stars who win matches, who are victorious, who are who look good against opposition. It was a bad call for for dark. Reminder, guys, donate a super chat any amount. We will read your question or statement on the air as it approaches that segment. Anakin says, "Sean, the Sonic movie had good reviews. You never know. Oh, I'll watch it. I'm, I'm going to watch it eventually." Oh, yeah. I've got a backlog of movies to watch. Ryan W. says, here's to my favorite trio on Fightful. I, you know, I rather like this trio. I do. I, ra- mm-hmm. I thought that Alex and Warren would crash, clash create, or creatively because they talk trash about each other off the air all the time. All, all to the me, time. Privately. Really? Yeah. Yep. But, <laughs> you know, it was all right. Jim Ross interviewed Santana. I liked this segment. This was good. This is a hell of a use of, of Jim Ross as well. Because Jim Ross has got a proven track record of getting people over this way, Warren. This is the best use of Jim Ross. Mm-hmm. And AEW has proven it uh, with the Cody interviews a few months ago. With mm-hmm. that interview with uh, Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard. We all remember that one because it was really, really good. This is really the best use of it. Mm-hmm. And by God, if I wasn't rooting for Santana after this interview, my God, what a great story he told. It was yeah. amazing. And I was like, no, nah, s- screw John Moxley. I want this guy to win. Dustin Rhodes defeats Sammy Guevara. I like this. After the match, he challenges Jake Hager. And I like that, too. I'm, I'm going to be at Revolution. And I'm like, Damn, I get to watch Dustin Rhodes wrestle a match at Revolution, and I'm excited about that because he was pretty good here. How about this? His last singles televised win was in July 2017. I think it was against R-Truth. 
He has no singles televised wins in After AEW. When they broke up the golden truth. Yeah, that long-term planning in that one, huh? After, I remember when <laughs> me and Vince Russo used to review Raw, and it felt like for nine months we were doing, like, golden truth vignettes. Oh, yeah. my gosh. But Sammy Guevara is so good. He's yeah. so good. Um he, I don't know that I expected him to be a breakout star early on. I thought he would be eventually, but he has adapted and adjusted, and anything he does, he seems to do it well. What did you think of this match, Warren? I, I, I really liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was good. I mean, Dustin can still, Dustin can still uh, help and carry people along to great matches, and this is not a knock on on Guevara, but you can tell. You can tell who was the general in this match, and Sammy was probably very, very happy to just follow his lead. This was great stuff. I'm going to tell you, maybe not the way I would have booked the ending. This is a little nitpicky. It didn't necessarily take away anything because there was the post-match angle where Dustin called Hager out. But since, let's not forget, just before this, we had a vignette where uh, uh, Darby Allen is challenging Sammy Guevara to a match at Revolution. So I'm like... Well, they ha- sort of had the conundrum here. Do we have Sammy Guevara lose? Do we have uh, – or do we have Dustin lose? I was really expecting a screwball finish with Hager interfering, with Sammy maybe going over Dustin and Dustin getting real mad at Hager from this point on. I think we could have used a little reigniting of uh, of uh, of their uh, dispute because it has been quite a few weeks now since Dustin got his arm crushed with the yeah. car door. Commentary did talk about it. Would have been good to just have a little extra reason, a little fire for Ju- for for Dustin to pick up the microphone and challenge him. I feel like Sammy should have gone over here in a screwball way, which would have helped. I could have would have helped uh, Sammy stay strong facing a crowd favorite like Darby Allen moving forward. Uh, but I mean, like I said, this is kind of nitpicky because this was, this was fun. This was a lot of fun. And when you think about it, Jake Hager versus Dustin, I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of crotch kicks in this match here. So, uh, I mean, I will spoil what happens later in a matter of, uh, weeks. You'll have effectively probably the in-ring debuts in AEW of Wardlow, Swagger or Jake Hager, Jeff Cobb and Brody Lee. They're bringing the sirloin beef sons of bitches in, mm-hmm. and it's you know what I'm okay with that because right now mm-hmm. I'm seeing I'm seeing styles that are supposed to be different but are a little bit too similar in that regard. They got a lot of athletes. I, you know what I'm ready for Hercules Hernandez versus the Warlord. I'm okay with that <laughs> with, with significantly less steroids. I'm okay yes. with that. And our big guys are much more mobile than. Yes. Than Hercules and Tony Atlas. And way know? better at kicking people in the nutsack, too, which I appreciate. Mm. Our boy Throwback always doling it out. We appreciate him so much. He said, we're talking about Sonic and Frozen at the start. Should be an interesting night. Warren did some vampire jokes on Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they, they sucked, Warren. Oh, oh, I see what you did there. That, that Yeah, very good, very good. You, it's it's kind of you know you kind of I know you didn't like it I know you thought they were a bit of a pain in the neck you know but uh, but you know <laughs> I I tried not to go too far because I know you have a bat temper uh, that one and, wasn't uh, even good that one's so dumb oh come on Warren come got- on 
It wasn't. It wasn't so bad. Maybe you know. Maybe after. Don't worry, Sean. Soon, you know, we'll, uh, we'll head up over to your place. We'll go play some no. uh, some Bible golf, and then we'll go do some it's, badminton as well. It's, it's awesome. Doctor Britt Baker is out next. I love this. Now there were some people that were giving Britt Baker and Tony Schiavone some flack for posting photos together on social media. Piss off, mate. They're a good act. I'm digging this. Uh, Alex, how much of this promo did you get to see? Oh, as soon as I realized that it was happening, I, I, I paused it. And then at the next commercial break for NXT, I went back and watched uh, this whole thing. Now, and like, my God. Before you break it down, I, I'm all for subjective entertainment. If there are still people that do not like this promo, they are impossibly subjective. They are, they are biased completely. Britt yeah, Baker, Britt Baker had fantastic delivery. She had fantastic uh, dialogue. She had fantastic everything. The conviction, she gets more and more comfortable. And if this is how she is, third promo in, Alex, yeah. pff, home run move, home run yeah. move. Kenny Omega and Tony Khan were also instrumental in this turn. I, I am, I am so sick to death of the WWE stands. Uh, coming out all over social media talking about how Corbin's actually the best heel. He's actually the heel. He's the one who gets the most heat. Best heel and in the business. The, uh, and then you have people who are like, well, you know, actually watch MJF and what and what he's doing. And yes, MJF is great. However, Dr. Britt Baker is the best heel in wrestling right now. My God. She tore a woman's tooth out. Fair. And then the next week she said, I did her a favor by extracting that tooth <laughs> for free. I didn't charge her. I'm a dentist. I could have charged her hundreds of dollars to pull that rotting tooth out of her mouth. But I did it for free because I'm such a good person. That's the best heel shit I've ever heard. That's amazing. And she That's leans so in good. and she leans into all the stuff that people are fed up about on social media. Yes. The fact that they always talk about she's a dentist, that she's the first woman that was signed to AEW. She leans into it. And you were you're right, Sean, the delivery, her her conviction, she was all into it, but you know what she did on top of that? She played to the audience as well. And that she got some Mwah, cordon blue heat tonight for that. It was good, good promo work. Let me let me tell you, this woman is such a good performer on the mic, and I I've mentioned some of her shortcomings in the ring, and the fact that she didn't have a performance center, she didn't have an extended TV run on ROH or anything like that. So the fact that she is even where she is in the ring right now. And now where she is on the mic, that is that is good news for AEW because quite honestly, their women's division has been shaky. They've made some questionable hires here and there, including a series in which Brandy Rhodes kind of explicitly destroyed on Wrestling Observer Live and said, I didn't like it. We broke it up. Nightmare Collective wouldn't work. I mean, now, now you got a bunch of people that you, you don't know what they're going to do on this show. Britt Baker isn't in that, in that discussion. She is, she is doing all right now. She's, she's going to be all right. And up next, we have Riho versus Nyla Rose. Now, I thought this was a really good performance by Nyla Rose. Probably her best that I've seen. 
there were still some issues that I didn't like. Riho should not be hitting Northern Light suplexes on Nyla Rose. Ah, oh, come on. Jesus Christ. I, it was, that was the best thing ever, though. Man. It really was. I get it. I get it. But it was still an awesome visual. It was sure. fun to see. Because it's, it's unbelievable. Now here, I am the guy that will point out an MMA example of almost every single possible scenario that dipshits will say, unrealistic, little person beating a big person, unrealistic. All right, go watch Genki Sudo fight. Oh, well, the, to, the weight. Oh, a man, a woman could never beat up a man. Well, women have beat up men in MMA fights before. Uh, go watch crazy shit from Brazil. Happens all the time there. Brazil is nuts. But I can't pretend I've ever seen 98 pounds, if I'm correct. I'm pretty sure I am because I've heard it 72 fucking times! <laughs> Hitting a Northern Light suplex on... Nyla Rose, that one is where you lose me. That's where you lose me. Honestly, I would have had this one end at the Super Death Valley Driver, but I understand them not wanting to. But moving on from Riho, I feel Warren is the right move. I think mm -hmm. Nyla Rose could even be a babyface, like a big, destructive babyface. But we'll see how it goes. What'd you think of this? Um, this is the match uh, during our prologue of the evening. This is the match that if you want I your log to be pro. Oh. Uh, this is the one that I was, that I was not looking forward to. This is the one that I kind of felt was unnecessary. And I didn't, I wasn't looking forward to going back to it. I didn't think that the inaugural women's championship match between them both was that great, but I was surprised here this evening and I was surprised by Nyla Rose and I'm glad she did. Because I, she has been extremely shaky moving forward. She, along with Britt Baker, I've said it from uh, maybe not the start, but early on, that they are being booked in positions. AEW wants them to be in positions in the company that they are maybe not necessarily ready to be in. But they're changing stuff around. And Nyla's picked something up as far as tonight goes. And I don't know if it's just a question of chemistry with Rio or whatever, but she looked really good. Match wasn't perfect. There was a couple of rough stuff. But it was good. It was one yeah. of their best women's matches so far. Unquestionably, Nyla Rose's best AEW performance. Un without a shadow of a doubt. I was convinced of what was happening. The audience was as well. Everyone was behind it. The near falls. Everyone was into it. And you see, this is the thing, Sean. 98-pound Rio doing Northern Light suplexes in the ring. And despite that... Despite that, the people are up on their feet at the near falls. They're chanting for Rio. And ultimately, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com, that's what people want. That's what that's ultimately all that matters is if you're catering to your audience and people are popping and getting out of their seat, then you're telling a proper story. And that's all that matters. I just want to say people also waited on bridges to watch OJ's Bronco pass by. People were interested. Doesn't always mean it's a good thing. What the hell is this? What a Northern is? Light suplex is the white Bronco <laughs> of AEW. I said it. Run with it on websites. Do True. it. I mean, no, I mean, I, I, I agree. It's, it, a, apples to apples. They're the exact same thing. 
Um, I, <laughs> I, um, I want to say that I, I had one of my favorite spots that I've seen in a while, which was Rio running off the apron, running across the table to hit the dropkick yeah. into the corner I, uh, of, of the barricade. I thought that was really cool. And she um, did it because she weighs 98 pounds. Well, yeah. Otherwise, the table would have broken under her weight. Um, I, uh, I, I, I'm also I'm interested to see what a Nyla Rose um, championship reign is. Because we've seen what a Rio championship reign is. Yeah, it's her know. not being on TV and not defending the belt. Brock so, Lesnar's been around more than Riho. I mean, Damn, I mean, embarrassing. Um, uh, I'm, 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 I'm interested to see what, what, what a, what a, what a beast of a champion with others chasing her is going to be uh, in in um, in AEW. I think that's that's interesting to me because it's yeah. a different thing than what we've seen. On I mean, maybe that's the maybe that's the catalyst to get this women's division up and running for real. Yeah. I'm going to group in the uh, Chris Jericho interview towards the the finishing segment. But uh, Brandy Rhodes joined commentary, which I thought was a nice touch for the MJF Jungle Boy match. MJF is such a good heel, and Jungle Boy is such a good baby face, and he's such a good baby face from underneath. And I thought this was probably one of MJF's best in-ring performances. Right. Like... When he's got him up in the, the, in the, like, the backbreaker holds and the gory special and all that, I'm like, damn, that's just, a, that's such a good heel visual. MJF wins with the double cross. Wardlow attacks Jungle Boy until Luchasaurus makes the save. By the way, when they get Luchasaurus back 100%, just the, the sirloin beef, mm-hmm. it's filet mignon at this point. Come on. Damn. I enjoyed MJF here. I enjoyed Jungle Boy here. I thought everybody played their role really well, Warren. This was a real, real good match. I dug it. It was a lot of fun. I thought both guys really brought it. Like you said, MJF was was particularly good. And without without overdoing it, because what I've, what I've started to appreciate Maybe it's him leaning into it. Maybe I wasn't paying attention before. I don't think I was. But uh, I feel like he's leaning a lot more into a a more classic heel-style offense, being much more poised, taking his time, milking the crowd for reactions. And yet tonight he's in the ring with Jungle Boy. He's able to pull out some some great offense, some fantastic stuff. But without overdoing it, without it becoming both guys just running around the ring and being super explosive, he's staying very close to his character, to being a heel. Heel is supposed to keep things a little slower, supposed to 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 milk the crowd for reactions as he's doing crappy stuff to the to the babyface. So I really liked it. I think the story was fantastic. Now I'm gonna harp on it again this week. <clears throat> Because on Dark this week, Jungle Boy lost again. He loses again tonight. And your boy is going to have to start racking up some wins, some serious wins. And not not uh, not count out matches against the champion. We're talking about victories. Because there – and it still baffles me, <clears throat> excuse me, just how over Jurassic Express is. And AEW is not pushing them. It just it boggles my mind because at some point 
They are not going to be bulletproof anymore. No one wants to cheer for a loser. And right now, as much as they're cool and great and good performers, Jurassic Express are all losers. So at some point, that has to change. I, I just want – I think everyone needs to put a bookmark in this match, this MJF and Jungle Boy match, and then come back and look at it in a year, five years, sure. ten years to see where these two young men are and how their careers grow. And it's kind of amazing how young they are and how they they have the potential to be, as you said, the top heel and the top babyface in this company in a few years' time. Because I agree with you, he's got to start winning eventually. But right now, I feel like Jungle Boy's story is – Gosh, I really want to see that kid win something. Yeah. So that when he does, that's going to be a major point. But they can't keep postponing that eventual first big win indefinitely. Because that's the thing is that tonight when going into the match, there was no surprise. I wasn't like, oh, maybe Jungle Boy has a chance. Right. That, yeah. You know, there was no way. So, again, just because an outcome is predictable doesn't mean that it's a bad match. The, but. The, the only thing they could have done is had Cody come to the ramp or something and get Jungle Boy a quick sure. like roll up thing because MJF is so concerned about Cody. Yeah, like you could have done that, but then again, is that really a victory? Also, not in my book. Also, so, MJF's never been pinned or submitted on AEW ever, there you go. and you yeah. and I think he's special. You don't want to do that, right? Uh, also, I think there's a story to be told. Jungle Boy's 22, and Luchasaurus is the over the super over person of that group and almost like the brother's keeper of that group and you there's a story to be told there like is he ever going to get sick of this or is he going to mm-hmm. stay loyal i think there there's a lot there too we see a pack video package airing he says he hasn't been the same since he got defeated in chicago and that omega is scared of him so and, good i think pack is, so is good. i think pack is a vampire I really do. And hopefully, you know, if he's a vampire at some point, I hope he just puts on a shirt, you know, being outside all that much. Otherwise, he's going to catch frostbite. Good. I hope he's a vampire. I want more vampires in wrestling. I got a Kevin Thorne interview in the can. And that's that's okay. I do. Guys, this promo was so great. Pac is is a is a huge star in the making like AEW. If this guy does not have a lengthy title run at some point in the next year and a half, me and you are going to have words. This guy's amazing in the ring, and he's he got this crazy charisma as this unhinged villain. Like, there's so much you can do with this guy when he's like, Kenny, I know you're scared of me, and you fucking should be. Like, that guy's awesome. What? Like, he's mired in, like, the weird mid-card of this this guy's a huge, huge star. A huge star. I, I, I'm watching him every week come out and do these crazy little video packages. There's so much to be done with this there, guy. Please there are a lot of people that are talking him. about a quote-unquote secondary title and how they need it for, like, Sammy and all these people. And I'm like, no, no, no they no. need it for, like, Cody and for, like, Pac. Cody and, Cody and Pac. That's that is a feud for that for that their version of the IC title. Yes, you could make that thing last for six months. I'd watch every bit of and, it. And like mm-hmm. I don't know what they could possibly call it, but I don't think they should regionalize it. I don't think they should TV title it. I don't think they should yeah. do anything like that. I think they should do something. Mm-hmm. And because here's the thing, Cody can't hold the world title, but he so, can hold this thing exactly. And because he can't hold the world title, you have it in your mind. Well, would he be world champion? Otherwise, because we know he's good enough to, mm-hmm. I think there's, oh, there's so much there. But uh, we're going to, again, we're going to talk about the Jericho segment after this match. But John Moxley defeats Santana in an eye for an eye match. 
Santana took a gnarly paradigm shift on his head. Or, as John Moxley says to me, it's a fucking DDT. Uh, but, <laughs> Warren, good stuff, per usual. John mm-hmm. Moxley, really good wrestler, as it turns out, in case anybody didn't realize that before a year ago. Uh, he's good. What'd you think? Y- yes, yes, yes. I thought there was some kind of segue. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, there, it was, it, he's, he was fantastic. Again, tonight, started off brawling. It was a fight. That's what it was. Santana had some, some great stuff in there as well. His rolling cutter was really good. And we had, we saw an honest to goodness pile driver as yeah. well. Not a tombstone, not a, just a, a good old pile driver. That was, that was fun. Uh, and then at, I like the ending where both guys are like completely blind. I'm like, this is a blindfold match now. This is what we're it be, doing. It, it became an eye for an eye for an eye for an eye match. <laughs> and the thing, John Moxley is, they have to find a way for the patch gimmick to work. Like he's having issues with it. If you guys watched uh, the Osaka, um, uh, the Osaka pay-per-view from New Japan this weekend was the same thing. He completely lost it at some point. Yeah. And then he wins the match at the end and he's looking into the camera He's like, oh, the camera's there. So he starts. He, he, ah, yeah, that's right. My eye. I forgot. I just uh, love how how pissed Vince must be that his pirate themed WrestleMania is going to be <laughs> overshadowed by a dude with an eye patch for the other company oh, who used to work for him. Damn. Well, earlier in the night, Chris Jericho had said that he's uh, went searching for a bounty hunter for next week and says that that is Jeff Cobb. Yeah, Ring of Honor's Jeff Cobb who has advertised for WrestleMania weekend shows there and has said that he's working without a contract. Um, so they run a video package, but after this match, the beatdown happens with the inner circle, and then Jeff Cobb makes his way out to the ring, and I got Taz vibes from him here. Like, mm-hmm. serious Taz vibes, just mm-hmm. a little bit faster. And to be honest with you, if he wants to be AEW's Taz, I think he can be. I think he maybe if he slowed down a little bit, but uh, he is one of those guys that even though you've got a lot of small people in AEW, he's still a little bit like shorter than them, but he can get underneath him and drop them on their heads, which seems to be fine in AEW. Um, I see why they ran the video before, because even though we all know who Jeff Cobb is, you don't want a Dark Order Butcher and the Blade situation in that arena. You don't want people going, huh? What? Warren, what did you think of uh, Matanza Cueto? <laughs> um, Goddamn, Dario was with him walking out. Oh would, my, my god! god. That's my head cannon, man. Matanzo had good promos, though. He was he was he really had he really was a good promo. Yeah. Uh, the um, Basically, the two things I want to talk about have been co-opted by both of you guys. Yep. First of all, Sean Ross Sapp saying that this was the perfect way to introduce him. I agree, other than outside of having him show up and then people going like, mm, who's this guy? Despite the fact that he has a little more renown than uh, than the Butcher and the Blade and you yes. wouldn't have Excalibur trying to put that over, it's still a good way to have done it and got us excited. And at the end, we're like, oh, my God, he's here. And he, it, it was a fantastic, fantastic entrance. And the second thing I want to talk about was co-opted by Pawlowski on Twitter, mm-hmm. where he, where he put out my thought is like, what's, what's Jake Hager for? What, what's his use now in, in the inner circle? You have 
uh, other than kneeing guys in in the balls. You have Jeff Cobb, Jeff yeah. Cobb, who is a legitimate tank. He and and who is more mobile, more explosive, a little more fun to watch. And maybe he doesn't have the undefeated streak in MMA that Jake Hager has. But hey, he is he is a legitimate wrestler. Like he, he the he in amateur wrestling, he wrestled the guy who was about to get a UFC middleweight title shot. Well, he's gotten like six of them, but he was a very accomplished one, but it seems like he's actually leaned out a little bit too. Uh, and I think that's good, but mm-hmm. I I'm all for this. And here's the thing. I think if the Luther debut wouldn't have happened, I think Cobb would have debuted without a video package, but I think they were like three strikes, man, dark order, butcher and the blade and Luther. Nobody knew who they were. But I don't know how they expected anybody to know who they were. But that's right. the difference. That's the difference between – yeah. yeah, that's the difference between bringing in Jeff Cobb there, uh, and 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 uh, Japanese legend, deathmatch legend Luther. Yeah, he's worked Ring of Honor and PWG and Lucha and Underground New Japan. and New Japan. Yeah, like, even if, and, and the AEW crowd is smart to that. They're even hip if to they that. Just, even if they just put up something on, on their version of the Titantron that said Jeff Cobb and that was it and he walked down to the ring, people would go ape. Because he's one of those guys that if you're an AEW fan, you know Jeff Cobb yes. from other things too. So, like, at that point, like, Butcher and the Blade was like, I don't know who these guys are. Luther was like some weird guy came from under the ring. Like, if yeah. it was like Jeff Cobb walking down the ramp, even if you're too far away to see who he is, if you got his name up up on the Titantron, people are going to go nuts. Yeah. If- a couple of, like, couple of things I wanted to say. A, I need to have a Pentagon and Phoenix interaction with Jeff Cobb, like, don't I know you from somewhere, and why am I really scared of you? Um, <laughs> and and uh, and B, the whole Jake Hager thing. Like, they brought Jake Hager in to be the heavy. The guy who beats up people for Jericho. Because everybody else, like, you got, you got the you know, the crazy tag team. You got the pretty boy Guevara. But then you got this guy, the, the heavy, who beats up people at the behest of Chris Jericho. And so far, it's been months. He hasn't had a match yet. All he's done is stand around and wear polo shirts. And now you bring in Jeff Cobb, and the first thing he does is do his finishing move to John Moxley, who's basically AEW's kind of version of Stone Cold. Like immediately, Jake Hager is redundant and irrelevant. He's gone. He's done. Somebody's like, "Well, now he can turn face." Can you? Oh, well, Jake maybe Hager maybe Cobb face? can. Well, maybe Cobb well, can. If if that's the case, but uh, fine. But it's a weird thing. Those two guys they absolutely fulfill the exact same role in that. Yeah, uh, it's like having two Scott Nortons in NWO. That sounds pretty fucking awesome, man. Actually, it's true. I, I, would, I, I would, I would like that a lot. I mean, they they didn't put Ice Train in NWO, and it was a mistake. Fun fact: Me and Nikita Krylov fan one time went or were set to go to a local show here in Flemingsburg, where Ice Train was advertised in like '05. They get there; it's a 150 pound white guy. It is not ice train. Uh, a few things uh, before we uh, wrap this up. Anakin JMT says, if Jeff Cobb is a legit tank, Sammy Guevara should have ridden him outside the rumble. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he wouldn't have to steal Shotzi Blackhearts. That's fantastic. Also, Dario Cueto, I don't think we'll see him because as I look, he's got like nine things, movies and shows yeah. in the pipeline right now. Yeah. Also, yeah. he just did a guest spot on Curb Your Enthusiasm, which yeah. was very cool to see. I just want him to come out and scream ladder match. That's all I need. <laughs> Fair. 
fair. But um, as far as the Jake Hager thing goes, we don't know what kind of deal Jeff Cobb has right now. Right. No. We don't yeah. know. But next week, we have an ROH wrestler taking on a New Japan champion in an AEW ring. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool because I was told by somebody within Ring of Honor months ago that these companies are all a little bit friendlier than anybody would like to let on. But then mm. when I asked some people higher up in Ring of Honor, they were like, well, I've never heard of that, but I'm open to it. So uh, Jeff Cobb's working without a deal. If I'm AEW, I don't necessarily need Ring of Honor, but I would try to make something work with some other people. Obviously, they're they're friendly with MLW because Jimmy Havoc's still working dates there. Uh, it's about the only place he's working dates, it seems like. He hadn't been on AEW for like two and a half years before last <laughs> week, but... Man, there's there's a lot of question marks around all this stuff. Uh, James O'Rourke said, uh, or actually, um, some uh, Rob Wilkins says lost powers. So if this was covered, why announce Jeff Cobb? I would have let let him in the show. Yeah, I, like I said, I think it was because of the Luther stuff and the Dark Order stuff and the Butcher and the Blade stuff. I knew Butcher and the Blade because I was at a Toronto week of indie shows where they worked a bunch. And I got to physically meet them. Like, that's why I knew them. Uh, Dark Order, I didn't have a damn clue who they were. Didn't, didn't know. And I've, I've watched their stuff for a long time, but didn't have any clue why this cult was there. Luther, when they said his name, I said, oh, Jericho's friend's there. I didn't recognize mm-hmm. him. So, I mean, mm-hmm. and that's no disrespect to him. Yeah. James O'Rourke said, just wanted to continue off my comments for Monday. I meant those in good fun. That was him saying that throwback was putting everybody to shame. Throwback's a generous dude. And he says, thank you to him for your unbridled support. I'm looking forward to AEW next week. Cue the Bluetooth segment. We're, we went like 10 minutes over on AEW. No Bluetooth segment tonight. <laughs> I'll just plug Fightful Select again. Guys, we are like 24, 25 subs away from a major milestone. Uh, that would mean a whole lot to us. So if you all don't mind, go subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. But we also have NXT. And here's the thing. To me, it didn't feel like a go-home show. It wasn't better than AEW Dynamite, but you know what? It was a good show. It was a real good wrestling show. It reminded me, Alex, a lot more of a two-hour version of an NXT we would have seen a year ago than modern day. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, there was was a a lot to really like about this episode. A lot. Um, AEW had turned in one of their best... You know, two hours of programming they have since their inception. So it's, there's no shame in NXT falling short of that. But it was a go home show, and they and the thing about NXT is they're always do everything better than than Raw or SmackDown. Like the go home shows for Raw and SmackDown are are awful. They're awful. They just tread water. This at least had some interesting like reasons to tune in on Sunday. Like the whole Champa thing we'll talk about. That was amazing. All this stuff that feels like they're not only setting up for uh, for Sunday, but they're setting up a lot of big stuff for next week's episode too. A lot of really good stuff in this episode. It, it felt like it was it had some urgency leading into the weekend instead of like in case you missed this this week, it doesn't matter. Just watch the pay per view. A few super chats reminder: send a super chat any amount. We will mm-hmm. read your statement or question on the air. Uh, Young Bibby says, "Who are your guys' favorite three NXT female talent? Mine are Tony Storm, Tegan Knox, and Bianca Belair. Personally, mine are Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, and Bianca Belair. Warren, 
Mercedes Martinez, Shotzi Blackheart, and Candice for me. Because we stand Candice LeRae here more in Hayes HQ. Alex? Uh, same guy asked me the same question on Twitter, uh, I believe. Uh, and that's the same same three you said, uh, uh, Sean. But but my, my in order, it would be Bianca, uh, Rhea, and, and Io for me. <clears throat> but um, the next the, the ones that, that uh, Warren mentioned are probably the next three that I would use. And I also have, if I, in case I want to use it, Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox. All these like uh, amazing uh, women, like it's the deepest women's division in the yeah. history of WWE. It's so amazing. Michael Morgan says weekly Bible golf super chat. I can't wait. <laughs> I I wish it was warm. I would be playing Bible <laughs> golf with Ethan Page and Jordan Grace. I would be talking them into it. That would be a segment you see me me hitting the three under par overall on thirty six holes, just jobbing them out, man. Anakin says Warren's vampire jokes make up for his fetish for Cameron Grimes' hat. Mm. Make make up. But, uh, I thought we were all in agreement that the hat is really cool. Oh, I, no, uh, Johnny Johnny Gargano murdered the hat today, so it's it's fine. It's okay. <clears throat> off off of off of TV, he hit the people's elbow on the hat, and the hat I know. dead. So. I don't know if he's a heel or not, though. Throwback uh, sent a super chat really, really early on. Another big one from him, as is tradition. Big thank you to him. He says, having Velveteen Dream team or tease strong with his wife and child on his gear uh, was perfect to taunt him, but this match should be a takeover match, not an NXT show match. What do you guys think? I think for the, the period that we're in right now, I think an NXT TV match is okay, unless they want to try to stretch it out and really get the fi- the finality of all this Mania weekend, then I would understand that. But it's hard for me to believe they'll stretch us out two months. Yeah. But um, considering there's already six matches on this TakeOver, and I honestly, I think that's the way TakeOver will be from now on, now that it's its own thing, I, I'm okay with it being a TV match. Is it worthy of being one, Alex? I definitely think it is. Oh, absolutely. And they have a Cruiserweight title match next week which is its own that's part of nxt now that's a title that people fight for on nxt so that's also next week you could easily make this an eight match takeover mm-hmm. and 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 you would not have a drop off in the quality of matches presented on takeovers it's not like when they when they decide to throw 12 matches on a, on a wwe pay-per-view and you're like what the hell is am i watching this for all of these matches have legitimate reasons either grudges or four championships that could easily be put on Sunday, you know, on their pay per view, on their takeover. Yeah, Triple H said on the media call today that he, he, they thought long and hard about five versus six matches, and he didn't want to go beyond that because he started to get diminishing returns and all that. And it, he even said that they're going to do something special coming out of uh, WrestleMania weekend. So I'm interested in what that will be. Uh, he said that he doesn't necessarily see NXT matches happening on WrestleMania because <laughs> he doesn't want WrestleMania to last from 7 a.m. until the next morning. And I appreciate that. And quite honestly, y- you don't need to. You you got you can fill up an arena and, and do your own thing. But Roderick Strong came out and he cut a promo on Velveteen Dream, demanded an apology, but Bronson Reed interrupted. Now, this was a, a lot of Undisputed Era answering... Sort of, sort of paying for their sins of last week, and I like that. 
At yep. no point did I think that Bronson Reed was going to win this match, though. This nope. was a foregone conclusion. That's a little bit unfortunate to me. Is that that almost every match tonight, except for one, was a foregone conclusion? But what do you think of this, Alex? Well, I, I think I thought I honestly thought when they, especially when they when they actually went through with the um, uh, Velveteen Dream lights and stuff. Um, I, I thought perhaps Bronson Weed was going to pick up the win because it would have given him a big boost. And Roderick Strong wouldn't have been hurt by by losing to Bronson Reed, um, uh, especially the, the mired in this Velveteen Dream thing. I like Bronson Reed a lot, um, but I'm of the opinion this match should have lasted no longer than four minutes. Uh, come out, uh, blitz Rod, Roddy with everything you got, go up to the top rope, hit, try and go for something, get caught with a knee under the jaw, one, two, three. Like, like the fact that you had Bronson Reed, giant baby face monster, putting Roddy in a bear hug for like half of the match, it just didn't feel like that was the match. This was it was to sh- it was to show that Roddy bit off more than he could chew, decided to to throw a, a knee at the big boy, and the big boys pissed at him. But Roddy's gotten bigger fish to fry. Also, Bobby Fish, meh, yeah. Um, but uh, because that's the thing is that I I do like all of this, but it's a weird dynamic. What we what we've been told is if you mess with a man's family, that's the worst thing you can do in wrestling. So are we supposed to root for Roddy Strong now? Because that's a weird deal. I don't I don't know if I I'm because I I definitely need to root for Velveteen Dream coming back after injury, but he's he's going to some dark places like. If I accidentally kill you in the ring, it's okay. Your yeah. wife will have me to have sex with her. It's a weird thing for the baby face to say. Yikes. I'm just sorry. Like, it's a little weird. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So Velveteen Dream, you know, they, they they played that up a little bit more. But throughout the night, we get these broserweight packages, these video oh. packages. Oh, God, they were so good. They were. Um, <laughs> so good. It does make me wonder, uh, why aren't they using Malcolm Bivens? This seems like right up his alley. Like, I, I would have loved to have seen him even make a cameo here for the people in the know, but the, I, I, I've got some more info on these video packages and kind of some pitches that were made backstage in NXT, but it's a story I'm working on. Alex, how'd you feel about these? I loved them. These guys are a perfect, perfect odd couple. They're so great together. Um, I I also just love that Matt Riddle, because it's Matt Riddle, is like, hey, I realize we can't check our giant trophy. We've got to bring it to Portland. So let's drive. And yeah. I quickly Googled that. That's a 45-hour drive from Orlando <laughs> to Portland, Oregon. That's 3,033 miles. Um, and I just love that he was like, let's drive. And Pete Dunn's like, yeah, all right. And then they, <laughs> he gets in the car. And and drives on the wrong side of the road. This is all, let me do the talking. Never let Matt Riddle do the talking to a cop. Yeah. That's a bad idea. All of this stuff. Um, Though the, the, the they were in the giant swan boat, and that's this is just where I like to do my thinking, bro. <laughs> I would have loved if Riddle oh. was like, "Listen, man, you got to hold this for me," and then Dunn got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I, like all of that, and the fact that, like, oh, um, uh, we got a private plane. Uh, let's put this giant trophy in the boot. Please stop saying it like that. No, we got to put it in the boot. Like it's just so good. It's so good. And the fact that it's triple, they stowed away in the luggage compartment of Triple H's private plane. Yeah, it's amazing. I need more of this. Give me a whole 
WWE Network series of just these guys getting into hijinks on the road. They, they, it would be so great. We got to see a ride along with these two. We got to see yeah. an episode of Ride Along with them. But oh, um, yeah. they, they're actually trying, and I appreciate that. Uh, Lee Lewis says, "What will be the best match on Takeover and Revolution?" I think Takeover, based on the direction right now, maybe Sammy and uh, Darby Allen uh, on NXT Takeover. Let me see. I think Undisputed Era and Broserweights or yeah. Lee and Dijakovic will probably have that match. Uh, what do you think, yeah. Warren? Uh, I'm definitely throwing my money uh, into the tag team match. Uh, Fish and O'Reilly are just fantastic every time. I think Riddle and, and Dunn are just going to give it, going to give all of it. And um, as far as Revolution goes, yeah, I'll do Guevara and Allen as well. Alex, um, uh, I think prov- pr- provided obviously that Cody defeats Wardlow next week. I think the Cody MJF match has a lot of potential being like some really great old school sure. shit. Uh, which would be a lot of fun because, like, I think everyone uh, – it's kind of a uh, agreed-upon opinion that the Dusty versus um, – Dustin Ma- the Dustin versus Cody match was one of the best things AW's ever done. And that just felt like it was just so old school. I see more of that happening with Cody and MJF. And, yeah, uh, the tag match for my money is, is, is going to be really hard to beat. But you know who could? Keith Lee and, yeah. and Dijak. They really could. They really could beat that. Dakota Kai pins Candice LeRae. Candice, I thought, had uh, an exceptional performance. I think sometimes during her NXT run, there have been some some spotty uh, performances, so to speak. Uh, I think probably because Warren likes her, she just it's it's like a curse on her. But I think that both of them work pretty well based on what I saw. Alex, uh, what do you think? Um, oh, this was great. Um, this is, uh, uh, Candace looks great and she's, she's, she's going to need to be taken seriously at some point and have a nice long, like real serious run as opposed to, uh, the baby face who looks great in defeat. Um, at least she's no longer Mrs. Gargano and that's her entire character. Yeah. At least they've moved on from that. Um, but, uh, I did think she looked great in this. She got her nose broke. That really added to the viciousness of the match. <laughs> Um, and like, it was like, it was a totally different like thing when the, like, like never let Candice LeRae taste her own blood or she's going to go crazy. Like, I think that's a really cool thing they have set up for her as well as there was this great, like, um, high angle, uh, belly to back suplex that involved like, like Dakota Kai's arms being twisted in front of her. That was an amazing move. Um, I thought that was all really great. And I loved Dakota Kai didn't win via cheating. She won via being clever. Yeah. And she was in the, the Gargano escape and reversed it into a pinfall. That was that she didn't cheat. She won that match. And 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 Candace is legitimately pissed. And also, so is Tegan Knox. Yeah, Tegan now, Knox the, makes the save after before Kai hit her with the ring bell. Right. Um, um uh to Tegan Knox making the save here would be so much more impactful if we hadn't already seen Tegan Knox wrestle Dakota Kai and pick up a victory over her. Mm-hmm. Like now, this whole thing going, I would be so much more amped for Dakota Kai versus um, Tegan Knox street fight on Sunday if we hadn't already seen Tegan Knox win via hitting Dakota Kai with a weapon. 
We've already seen what the presumed finish is going to be on on uh, on Sunday already. So it's a weird thing. Warren, anything to add to this? Um, <clears throat> the, uh, the, the start stop stuff with Candace and I, you know, this is outside the fact that I'm, that I'm a sincere fan is a little weird because she did have her great matches with Io Shirai. Mm-hmm. They're great feud last year. And, uh, you know, they started off the, the USA era on NXT and I felt that there was momentum going, uh, going into it. And now they're sort of scaling it back again a, a bit, but she still was in war games. And how it's how, a, how it, many times it, can they do the baby face has been beaten so many times, and they finally get their edge, or they finally get a they've done that. I feel like they've done that since the beginning of NXT in this iteration. Back to the horsewomen days, we yeah. saw that, and it's like, man, you got to switch that up a little bit. At some point, you know, we we just mentioned it, or Alex just mentioned it. You know, at least she's not Mrs. Johnny Gargano anymore. Maybe this this path feels a little familiar, though. You know, she's not losing as much as Johnny Gargano did when DIY Mm. broke up, though. But still feeling a little familiar. Throwback with another big super chat. The man says, with Finn and Charlotte in NXT at the moment, is it possible we could see Cross versus Finn at the TakeOver before Mania? And for Charlotte... Uh, if she stays, could she continue feuding with Rhea and possibly Bianca? I Well, here's the thing. I don't think Charlotte will hang around in NXT. I think she'll probably lose to Rhea. She should. She should. And, and then head back to Raw. Cross and Finn Balor. Boy, you want to talk about an intro feud for Killer Cross. I would not mind seeing Killer Cross definitively beat Finn Balor and kind of send Balor pack into wherever else he's going to go. Cause I don't think Finn Balor will be in Florida forever. Um, Warren, what do you think about those options? Uh, very interesting stuff. Uh, you know, I'm, it's, it, I, the first question of course, is what are they going to do with, with what are they going to do with Charlotte? You know, if Charlotte hangs around, uh, is she, is she going to, wrestle at the wrestlemania takeover is she going to wrestle on that card because if she does you know she has of course she has to lose right and uh and as far as killer cross and finn balor you kidding me that'd be great um and and you know if if it is a bit of a swan song for for finn leaving nxt i hope he leaves with the edge i hope he leaves as the prince and heads back to Raw or SmackDown, wherever he ends up. Not smiling, collar-popping Finn Balor, which we all liked, but we kind of like this Finn a little better. Yeah. Um, Alex, any thoughts on that? I I hope Finn sticks around. Uh, this is the this is the most life I've seen in Finn Balor since he got called up. And, and you know, I mean, like, he had that amazing thing where he lost the, the title because of the injury, and then ever since he came back from it, it was like, Gosh, I really hope someday I get another title shot. Wouldn't that be neat? Yeah. Like he's never had any edge to him at all. And like back in NXT, it's like, man, this is the fan I wanted to see from the very beginning. So I, I kind of hope that if he goes up back back up or over to either um, Raw or SmackDown, he keeps that. But, you know, for all we know, he might debut as like the creature from the Black Lagoon or something. <laughs> Johnny Gargano defeated Cameron Grimes. This match was never in doubt. Uh, they did set this up with a digital thing this past weekend, but uh, 
Johnny won. Anything on this, Alex? Uh, I mean, uh, Cameron Grimes is is absolutely that guy who you who used to say, you know, who knows? Who knows if he could actually pull this one out? Not this one particularly. Not 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 Jared Gargano losing to Cameron Grimes before he faces Finn Balor. But he's he's already surprised with with some with some victories that I didn't think he was going to get. Um, and I think he's a perfect match for Finn Balor because he's 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 a really deceptively strong dude. Yeah. So him being able to chuck Finn Balor, uh, oh, Finn, I've seen Finn Balor, uh, uh, Johnny Gargano all over the place. That's great. I love I love that a bunch of their maneuvers can easily be countered into the other guy's maneuvers, which is which is my immediate. Um, seal of approval for for a long feud so who knows what happens after um you know takeover here with with gargano but i could easily see gargano making a guy like cameron grimes because of the cachet johnny gargano has if if gargano says you know what i'm gonna lose to you a couple of times and make this guy a big thing that could be a, a really big uh deal for nxt and for cameron grimes yeah a lot of people might not know this about cameron grimes the guy if if I have no doubts that if they told him, hey, you need to work an hour-long match tomorrow, oh, he could do yes. it, without a doubt. Yeah. And he, he's done that before in uh, in CDBF Mid-Atlantic. Uh, any thoughts on this one uh, quickly, Warren? I think uh, I think Johnny Gargano's a heel now. Yeah, okay. Bianca Belair defeated Santana Garrett via pinfall. Uh, this was a squash. Yeah. Moonsault, KOD. And afterwards, Rhea Ripley came out. And um, Rhea gets eaten or hit with the KOD as well. This was yeah. really letting you know, hey, Bianca can do this move to people. Yes, um, <laughs> that's true. And uh, I I loved seeing Rhea Ripley take that finisher because we don't. She's been she's been booked as pretty much invincible mm-hmm. uh, for the. So it's it's nice to see like, hey, oh, that's what that would look like because we're not going to see that probably yeah. on Sunday. But I also love the, the little detail of Rhea throws the first punch at Bianca, and Bianca goes down to one knee, and then Bianca and Rhea takes off her vest. But as she's taking off her vest, Bianca stands up and throws a punch at Rhea, knocks her off balance, and is able to hit the finisher on her. Little details of that in a fight are really interesting because, like, Rhea couldn't block the punch because she's got both of her arms in her vest taking it off. Why she's taking her vest off? I'm not really sure. But at least that's actually a reason why she lost that little this little um, uh, kerfuffle before their match on Sunday. I think this is this match is going to be awesome, but there's no way Bianca's winning it. I would agree with that. Uh, we had Angel Garza versus Leo Rush cruiserweight championship top contender match. Leo Rush wins. We got to hear him talk a little bit. Uh, now it's been reported that this that uh, Angel Garza's call up isn't necessarily a full call up, and he'll keep working NXT. Wouldn't mind if it was uh, NXT needs or Raw needs him. More importantly, Humberto needs him and needs him like <laughs> by his side, not feuding with him. They need to do something there. But uh, after this match, Jordan Devlin came out and had an exchange with Leo before leaving. What any any thoughts on this one, Alex? I mean, it was the typical banger that you get out of these two. Yeah, these these guys work really really well together. And I, I, I'm, I believe that the right guy won. I, I want to see Leo Rush versus Jordan Devlin. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's going to be a really great match. Um, uh, uh, but I mean, I think that Angel Garza might not be a permanent call up or call over. Um, but 
the end the end of this match kind of let lead me to believe that he that he might be um especially because they had him protected by losing to a roll up um like like he's he's the he's the right guy to um to 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 move up to raw and do some stuff and i agree with you if they found a way to pair him with umberto can you imagine the kind of crazy lucha shit they could get up to versus like aop or viking raiders like there'd be some really that would immediately boost uh, the tag division and the mid card of of Raw seriously, um, but I, I I just I thought this was really great. Angel uh, Angel wasted no time. He made sure the pants come came off immediately so they wouldn't ruin wouldn't screw that up in the middle of the match. Um, but yeah, this was uh, this was good too. Also, it, it prevented them from people from like cheering it. Like he's working heel now, definitely. So by doing the pants thing. Right at the beginning, get it out of the way. Nobody's going to be like, oh, I wonder when he's going to take his pants off. <laughs> like, that's not a thing people can do now. Robert Stone backstage with Chelsea Green. They have a little bit of a promo. That's good to get them on the screen. Sure. We also see a uh, a Keith Lee video package narrated by Mark Henry. I didn't get to see this. Uh, any Anything on that one, Alex? Uh, so what was the video package you said? It just said I'm reading the recap. I obviously had my eye on two different things. So right, no, well, I, I I missed what you said. That's all. Uh, it said that there was a uh, video package for the North American oh, champion yes, Keith Lee. Yes, that that was it. Was interesting, uh, Warren. You tweeted this like, do we really need a hard sell on this match? Like, yeah. <laughs> m- maybe we do for people who like didn't watch before. But I feel like this is the thing you do when you're if you're going to promote this on SmackDown. There you go. Like, like you, you promote this. You say, this is why you should tune in and watch TakeOver. Presume, presumably you have the network because we're promoting the hell out of this Sands of Time shit we're doing in a couple of weeks. So um, you have the network. Tune in and watch this because this is why you should. This is something that, like, if Mark Henry comes on and talks to a bunch of casuals who are, who are, who are watching SmackDown and says... These guys on NXT on Wednesdays are legit and you should be watching them. That holds a lot more weight for that audience than it does for people who watch NXT who already know that Keith Lee and Dijak are legit. Um, but I, I thought it was kind of funny how Malcolm was like, big guys, huh? Isn't that weird? Like very large men. They've always been viewed as being giants and stuff. Isn't that weird? Like it was kind of a thing they were showing like on the other show on Wednesdays, they don't have this. And that happened to be the night where Jeff Cobb debuts and we're hearing that like Brody Lee is coming, maybe Cage is coming, all this stuff. So maybe they don't have that advantage anymore. Chris Ferris sends a super chat and says, Alex said pants off, but no Bluetooth spot. Hey, we're already over an hour, 10 minutes here. I like <laughs> to long. get my shows done in an Too hour. Long. Too long. We, we've got, we've got plenty of other shows for that. Um, main event segment. Adam Cole defeated Kushida in a great match. Jesus, great match. I mean, this was another one where you kind of pay for the sins. Warren, what do you think about that? Them setting up a couple matches tonight. They sandwiched this show between two matches that, again, foregone conclusions. But you also give Bronson Reed and Kushida a little bit of an opportunity to regain some face after getting beaten down last week. Yeah. Well, you- Good. And that's a just real, real quick. That's the thing we, you know, we talked about it, you know, and we say it often. Sometimes, you know, it's it's not because it's predictable that it's boring. You know, mm-hmm. it's 
It's like the Titanic. The Titanic always sinks. We know that, but it's the it's how you get to the to the sinking that's interesting. It's the stories you can tell with that. So yeah, I mean, it, it to me it's okay. It, it it's okay and it's good. Doesn't always have to be a, a shock or a surprise, especially when you get good matches like Cole and Kushida as well. Alex, uh, your your thoughts on this one quickly as we wrap this one up. I I um I did I thought this match was great. I'm I'm looking forward to Kushida getting uh, some real time to be used properly. Maybe he gets his his uh tag partner back full time eventually, and they they can have a time splitters real run at the titles, or maybe he actually gets positioned at the top of, uh, of NXT soon because he's so special. Uh, this match was excellent. Um, I loved that the finish, the last shot came after. Kushida kicked out but was still groggy like that's really cool that it was like okay that thing didn't put you down but this is gonna I like that about Adam Cole that viciousness um wrapped up in all of this is later we got we had Tommaso Ciampa come out after uh Adam Cole won but that backstage uh Tommaso Ciampa promo thing he was talking about how like I got nothing to lose this is all I have is, is like that the ferocity in that promo. Tommaso Ciampa's on another level, man. He's just so great. And I love that he says, I'm staying in NXT. Don't get any ideas, yeah. anybody. This is where I am because NXT would be lost without this guy. Quick predictions for NXT TakeOver Portland. Alex and Mr. Warren Hayes will be on the post-show review. I will be on the Triple H post-show media conference call both streaming live right after NXT TakeOver Portland. Reminder, I am on ESPN 1530 this Sunday on No Holds Barred to preview this event. But again, quick predictions. Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, I've got to go Finn Balor here. Warren? Yeah, I think that's what they're going to do. Alex? Finn. Finn. Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai. At this point, I gosh, a street fight. i got to go with Dakota Kai. Otherwise, she just looks like trash in this feud Morin? absolutely uh i don't think there's any use in 50 well they're they're ultimately going to 50 50 it but she she there's place for a rubber match that's what i'm trying to say so yeah let's give it let's give it to to dakota i mean this this does feel like the stipulation for a feud ender Mm -hmm. and i do feel like tegan knox is the rightful winner of the feud um if they're going to continue it then yes absolutely dakota kai needs to win this if it's over then it's Tegan Knox, and she gets pushed on to major and bigger things after this. Keith Lee defends the NXT North American Championship against Dijak. Alex, uh, I, I think I'm leaning Lee here because he's super over right now, but if they took the title off him and immediately launched him into the NXT Championship picture, that wouldn't surprise me a bit. No, I mean, if that's what they're going to do, or if there's, if there's, if there's somebody says... You know, we're 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 moving this guy over to 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 Mondays or Fridays to, to be a major player there. That wouldn't surprise me. He's he's got a lot of people talking about him. Um, but excited uh, to see him be the three hundred pound ricochet of SmackDown. Yeah. Um, if he's if he's the top uh, the top guy right now as far as being over and everything, I can't see him losing this belt unless they they have major plans for him elsewhere. Warren. Too soon for him to drop. It's going to be a fantastic match. The fan, the winners are the fans. NXT Tag Team Champions, Undisputed Era against the Broserweights, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne. It'd be, 
I'm, I'm finding it hard to believe they would put this much stock into Riddle and Dunn without big plans, whether it be the titles or an immediate feud that emerges from this. And I don't know that Matt Riddle could be a heel coming out of this. It would have to be done if they did that. But um, I'm going with the Broser weights, Alex. Broser weights, uh, absolutely, and and get, have them keep the keep the belts for a long while. This odd couple comedy stuff they're doing is so good. Don't end it by having you know Pete Dunn break Matt, Matt Riddle's toes or something. I, I just come on, let's 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 ride this amazing comedy into the future. Warren. Yeah, Broserweights, uh, I think, is this is the good way to go here because uh, I think I think at the same time there's a good story to say with Undisputed Era dropping their titles as well, you know, losing the North American title, using the tag titles. Won't spoil what I'm thinking about the main event, but uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of good to come out of this. Broserweights. Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair. I usually pick a winner or a loser. I think this goes to a non-finish. I think Charlotte does something, and if you do this middle of the card or co-main event, you have room to do that because quite frankly, NXT is a little bit of a different vibe. If you have one of the biggest women's stars in history causing a non-finish, you can get away with a little bit more. Warren, what do you think? I concur. I actually think, uh, I, I think she's going to get, my long shot prediction is she gets involved uh, and and Bianca actually wins the title off of Rhea and then we get a nice little triple threat set up for WrestleMania weekend. Uh, but I, you know, that's my long shot. Otherwise, yeah, I think th- I think we get a non-finish, which would be unique in an NXT setting. Alexander, the most boring and disappointing version of this is that um, everything that we're all hoping for in getting a triple threat at Mania involving Bianca Belair is just. Just never going to happen because they always wanted to do Rhea versus Charlotte anyway, and that's all they're going to do. And positioning all of this hype before Bianca Belair was not a red herring. It really was them saying Bianca's great, but she's not that great. Um, I I want to believe they're not going to do that, but it would not surprise me at all to have Rhea win clean and then Charlotte come out and say, "All right, I accept your challenge," and then that's it. And Bianca just fades into the into back into the. Uh, the morass of all the women so who are not quite the top. Pretty funny because last year we were like, no, we don't need Charlotte in this triple threat. She isn't needed. We don't need it. Now this year we're like, <laughs> yeah, let's do this triple threat with Charlotte because it is it is the right thing to do. And my fear is that they'll remember last year when uh-huh. everybody didn't really want one. And they'll be like, well, people probably don't want one this year. When realistically I'm like, hell yeah, Charlotte, Bianca – and Rhea, I think that'd be perfect. Also, it'd hide a few of the deficiencies from a couple of the less experienced wrestlers and sure. have a veteran like Charlotte, which is weird to think Charlotte's a veteran at this point, but hey, she's a veteran of main eventing WrestleMania. Um, yeah, yeah. NXT Championship, Adam Cole, Tommaso Ciampa. I think Ciampa wins, and I think Undisputed Era don't have any titles. Alex, what do you got? Oh yeah, uh, Chompa Chompa's winning this thing. That's a that's a major major prediction for me. And I feel like Chompa immediately, now that he's got Goldie back, can go back to being the old Chompa who just murders everybody. Yeah, because because he, he, he we don't have to root for him anymore. He needs now to joyfully got, he, do it. 
He needs yeah. to like lovingly do it. Like yeah. he's just running around destroying people <laughs> with a smile on his face. Absolutely. He's, he's just elated to have this. And they're on this friggin' Bonnie and Clyde tour backstage <laughs> at NXT destroying shit. I would love that. Warren, what do you think? I concur with everything. Champa's winning. Undisputed Era loses it all. Well, if you want to lose it all, Warren does live streams all the time at youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. <laughs> Warren, plug your stuff. <laughs> uh, boy, youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. I do a recap of the week and, uh, you know, I try to talk about stuff like, uh, Shayna Baszler. That's what probably what I'm going to talk about tomorrow. Shayna Baszler. Is she a vampire? Is she not? If she's a vampire and she gets a cold, does she go Nosferatu? We're going to talk about bah! that tomorrow. I'm just saying, I did find photos of when Jessamyn Duke was an MMA fighter and her mouth guard had fangs. I'm just saying. Alex, uh, if you don't want to plug anything, that's okay, because I know that you probably just want to get the hell off this Skype call. <laughs> Follow me on the Twitter at Alex Sourgraps. Watch on the Fightful Select me make this face about things they do on Raw and SmackDown. Till next time, guys. Fightful.com. Check out today's list and your boy. One of our best episodes yet. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.